It looks like five minutes till service, guys. Grab a seat, grab a friend, sit down, and let's do this.
Hey, Bridget. How you guys doing? We are your service hosts tonight. My name's Brooklyn. I'm Brittany. Okay, and we're gonna jump into our announcements yeah, we're for tonight. Jump right in. Alrighty, so first announcement we have is social media. If you guys aren't already following us, go ahead and take out your phones and follow our social media at bridgeYTH underscore. We have a TikTok and Instagram, and we just want you guys to follow so you guys can stay tuned with all that's happening here. And guys, if you're new to Bridge Youth or just need a reminder, don't forget that Bridge Youth also meets on Sunday mornings for our 1130 yeah. Connect groups. Yeah, and also we are having our second summer nights event this Friday. Woo! It's gonna be a, it's going to be a burger event with live music and all other stuff happening. So invite your friends, family, anyone that you can think of, your neighbor. It starts at 6:30. You don't want to miss it this Friday. Who signed up for baptisms this Sunday? Woo -woo! Yay! Hey, if you haven't yet and you feel led to, it's a, remember guys, it's a public display of your inner transformations. We'll be doing that Sunday. Go register right now if you want to. Also, there's never any pressure to give, but one way we worship God is by our tithes and offerings. So you guys can go ahead and give online or you can give at the station by the double doors in the back. Thank you so much for your generosity. It Everybody, can I have you stand up, please? Stand up. It's family time. Woo! And our question this week is... The question is, ice cream or froyo? Ice cream, ice cream or, or froyo? Yeah, how are you doing, Bridge Youth? Y'all doing okay? Hey, 
I would choose ice cream over Froyo any day. You gotta go with the, I feel like ice cream is just classic, it's good, you can't go wrong. I actually have an ice cream tattoo, but anyways, so ice cream over Froyo, there you go. Oh, it's so good to be back with you guys. I feel like because of summer camp and just like everything that's been happening at the end of this summer, we have just been a little bit away. So it's so good to be back with you guys. It's so good to be here tonight. Um, we are going to get right into the message. And so we'll do worship at the end tonight. And uh, I just wanna encourage you to lean in. God has a word for you tonight. Got every single person in this room. And me included, God has a word for us and we always wanna have an expectant heart for that word that he wants to give us. And I wanna encourage you, if you need to use the restroom or grab water, just do it right after service. Service isn't too long. And so you can do that after service. Um, and tonight, we have our school of ministry. The other half of them are preaching. So let's give it up for them. It takes courage and boldness to seek God for a word and to get that word and to share it publicly on stage. And so we just we just wanna get them up here so they can encourage you that, that you can do it too, that God can speak to you and you can have a message and you guys all have a story. So anyways, SOM is preaching tonight. So get ready for that message. But before we get into the message tonight, we are about you guys being the ones with the mic, with the talents and getting up here and using them and using them on the floor, using them here with greeting and hanging out and all the things. And so we want students to pray us into the message. So I'm gonna ask Kai Dunn to come up here and get us prayed in to the message. Come on over, Kai. He's gonna pray it before we get into the message tonight. All right, let's bow our heads. God, I thank you for this wonderful night that you've given us for allowing us all to just be here, God. God, I pray everyone who is here knows they're not here by mistake, God, and they are chosen to be here, God. God, I pray we will come with expectant hearts for the word that you have in store for us, God. And anything we came in with that can bother us, God, I pray we could just leave it at your feet, God, to hear what you have for us. And we just have a great night in Jesus' name. I pray, amen. Amen. All right, Bridge Youth. All right, let's get ready for tonight. How you guys doing tonight? You good? Oh my gosh, I've missed you so much. You like my clock? Hey, who was at summer camp? Camp champs, baby. Not only are we camp champs, but uh, like we had so many people go to camp. They had to split us into two teams. There's 10 total teams. And of these 10 teams, we were first and second place, baby. 
And our boys in the dodgeball tournament won dodgeball as well. So long story short, if there was something to win, we won it. And so this will be right here sitting in my office for the next year, and I will be talking all the trash to all of my youth pastor friends for the next year. So thanks for holding it down. Hey, I think that like there in so many ways, like God worked at summer camp. So I just want to encourage you guys, if you were at summer camp, don't lose sight. Don't lose what God did. God worked, and there were so many things that he did in our hearts. Keep that going. Hey, um, me and Amber have been in the UK for about nine days, and that means that we missed one week of youth, but since we were at summer camp the week before, it really does feel like we've been gone for so, so long. I just want to say, we missed you guys. <laughs> we missed you so much. I was like, ah! Like, I can't wait to get back and was preaching at a conference on the other side of the world. And I could just tell you, there is no place like home. I feel like a fool with this. I'm going to put this right here for now, just so you guys can take a, like, just keep looking. You don't think so? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's go. Um, yeah, that's going to fall at some point. I, don't let me leave the stage without that. Um. Hey, so, so tonight we are going to be digging into this idea of calling. Look at your neighbor, say calling. calling. Look at your other neighbor, the one you chose second, tell him calling. calling. Um, I really can't think of much of anything worth talking about more than calling. Here's the reality, that, like God has a call for your life. Look at your neighbor, say that means you. Look at your other neighbor, the one that you chose second again. Say, not you. I'm just, say, say I'm just kidding, also you. Uh, God's got a call on your life. Now, the question isn't whether or not you're called. It's whether or not you'll answer that call. And so we're going to dig into that tonight. We're going to dig into some of the reasons people don't answer the call on our life. And then at the end of all of this, we're going to take time, we're going to take moments to just come before God, ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us, get at the altar, and let God work. We're going to pray over you, believe that God's going to speak to people, and step into calling. Amen? So I think that tonight, like, more, like, not, like, uh, not more than any night, because, like, I'm not preaching tonight, but that's cool. Um, like, like, so much. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> What's up, guys? Uh, like, like, I don't know. I just, there's something in me that's just, like, don't miss it. Like, I don't want you to miss it tonight. Because there's some of you, we had conversations at summer camp about how you're feeling called by God. There's some of us that, like, like, you have been feeling so much lately, like you are ready to take the next step in your relationship with God. And I can just about promise you that that next step is so intertwined and linked to the call of God that's on your life. There's, there's some of you that, that you've been feeling for so long, like there's just got to be more to life. And I can bet that that more that you're feeling and you feel like is missing, I can just about guarantee you that it's linked to the call of God on your life. The question isn't whether or not God's calling you. The question is whether or not you'll answer that call. Behind me are four people who have answered that 
call of God on their lives. And that's why tonight they're going to be talking about this. Because each and every one of these people have had four, right? One, two, three, four. Yes. I heard a laugh and I was like, have I counted it wrong? Am I correct in who is? They, they've each responded to the call of God on their life. And they'll each be talking from um, kind of a, a different angle and a very personal angle of calling and how they've respond and what it is that they feel like as young people you need to hear when it comes to calling. So if you have, a, if you have your uh, diary or your journal, your notebook, I don't know what the difference between a diary or a journal is, but boys have journals, girls have diaries, end of story. Do boys write dear journal in their journal? When I journal, I often, I often journal in like the form of like a letter to God. <laughs> I'll often dear God and I'll write. Uh, is that too much information like to share? Do you like, I feel like, is it? <laughs> uh, I don't say dear diary, okay? Um, if you don't have something to write on, uh, Open your phone, put it on airplane mode, open the notes app, and get ready to write some stuff down. Because there's something in me, again, that is like, don't miss it. Look at your neighbor say, don't miss it. Look at a person across the room and say, don't miss it. Don't miss what's going to happen tonight. You'll have four people back to back. Quick, it's gonna before you know it, like this is gonna be over. So don't miss a single moment. God wants to speak to you tonight. I'm gonna pray and we're gonna jump right into it. God, I pray tonight, every single heart in this room, every single one of us, that our hearts would be open to what it is that you want to do, what it is that you want to speak. Tonight, God, we just say, like, if you're calling us, we want to answer that call. If there's something that you want to call out in us, if there's, if there's something you want to call us into, God, tonight, we want to respond to that call. We want to answer it. So, God, I pray for open hearts. I, God, I pray for, for attention and focus. God, I pray for um, the, the ending moments of tonight, God, for just a willingness to respond to you. God, I pray that you would speak, your Holy Spirit would be poured out on us, and that tonight that you would work in a way that only you can. Can work in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Ladies and gentlemen, Trinity. How are you guys doing tonight? Good, you guys look good. I'm happy to be here. There's no other place that I'd rather be on a Wednesday night except with my Bridge Youth family. If you guys didn't catch it or you don't know me, my name is Trinity, and just so I can get to know you guys a little bit better, I just want to share a little bit about myself. Um, I am a very outdoorsy person. I love camping. I love road trips. And I remember a specific time going to Sequoia National Park with my family. Raise your hands if you guys have ever been there. Yeah. A few of you? Okay. So how many of you guys have ever seen or heard about Sequoia trees? Okay. They're called giant Sequoia trees for a reason. Um, tech team, could you guys pull up the little picture that we have? So... These are the, that's actually not me, that's a little boy. <laughs> um, but they're called giant sequoia trees for a reason because that's just the stump of it. Like that's not even the full tree and that thing is massive. Like that's, that's insane. But um, I want to share a few facts about them. So they are some of the largest trees in the world. And basically they have the ability to protect themselves against natural threats and one of like the interesting things is they only grow in certain areas. Like they can't survive 
in particular environments, and it has to be somewhere where there's ample underground moisture that's available in the summer. So like you're not gonna find these things in Antarctica, obviously, because that wouldn't work. But basically, these trees are able to thrive so much in a particular environment that meets and cultivates their needs. So the title of this message is Cultivate Your Calling. Cultivate Your Calling. So I want to start off in Hebrews 12, 1 to 2, and it says, Therefore, since we, have, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. So, like Corey mentioned before, each and every single one of you in this room has been created for a purpose. Each and every single one of you have a calling and a purpose for your life that God created especially for you. And that calling is irrevocable and it is irreplaceable. That is for you, specifically for you. And for some of you, that calling may have been revealed to you already. And it's something that was specific and the Lord put it on your heart, but... Somewhere, you received that, but then something happened. There could have been a circumstance in your life, something shifted, something changed, and you lost some of the nutrients that you need to thrive in God's calling. You moved a certain direction, and then you got weak, and you grew a little frail. And maybe for others, since summer camp just happened, you went to camp and you prayed and God showed you that first piece of your calling. God planted that seed in you, but then you came back down the mountain and you got home and you were discouraged and you lost hope because you told yourself, there's no way that I can do that. Or you said, there's no way that with what I've done or what I'm currently walking through that God could possibly use me in any sort of way. And for those of you that... that this is hitting a little bit close to home, you're not alone. You are not alone. Because when I went to camp for the first time, that's exactly where I had found myself. Knowing what God planted in my heart, having that seed planted and coming back and not feeling good enough. Not feeling adequate, feeling like my circumstances disqualified me or what I was going through. I fell out of my place and I lost my position. And because of that, I grew weak. I lost focus on God and I started going my own way. And then I thought because I had lost my way, I also lost God's will. But Bridgie, if this I need you guys to listen to because this is for somebody specific in here tonight. A lost position does not mean a lost purpose. You still have that because it's planted in you and God promises that he and his spirit live within us. So how could you lose that if he is living within you? So I want you guys to picture this. If you plant a seed and you don't water it, you don't give it the nutrients it needs, what happens? It dies. It'll wither up and it'll die because it doesn't have any of the life-sustaining nutrients that it needs to thrive. But on the flip side, when a seed is planted and it's given all the proper nutrients, you water it according to its needs, you place it in fertile soil, you give it just enough sunlight, that seed flourishes and it thrives. And we see that with the sequoia trees. Their seeds are like this big and then they grow into something that is massive. They thrive. And that's exactly what calling is. It's a seed 
that God has so carefully and specifically planted within you, but some of you got that seed and you planted it in ungodly friendships. You got that seed and you planted it in toxic relationships. You planted it in places that you know that you shouldn't be. You planted it in places that are behind closed doors. Let me tell you, there is no light. There is no presence of God behind that closed door. You planted it there, and then you took that seed and you watered it with music, with TV shows that are probably more than inappropriate. You watered it with gossip. You watered it with the way that you dress. You watered it with the pictures that you post, and this one's good. You watered it with the way that you speak, Bridge Youth. And you're still expecting that seed to grow? I look at you guys, and I've gotten to know some of you pretty well. I've seen the passion that you have. You've told me. And there's a fire that is burning so bright inside of you for God, but you are strangling it and you're suffocating it with all of these things that you have no reason to be. I've seen your strengths and I know that you can do a lot for God's kingdom and bridge youth. It would absolutely break my heart to watch you give up something so precious for a place that will not protect your potential. All because you're not willing to put in the work to care for that seed properly. You guys, I've been there. And let me tell you, it is not worth it. And it's a lot easier to care for something from the start than rather try to revive it when it's halfway dead. So I want to leave you guys with these two simple things from the verse that we read earlier. Verse 1, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Write this down if you guys have your notes open. Evaluate your environment. Evaluate your environment. And this means reflecting and debriefing off of the things that you are currently living in, taking them to God and saying, God, search me. If I have any doors that are letting the enemy in, close them now, that I will put in the work to close them because those doors cannot be open for you to fully get everything that God has called you to. And there's a lot of it. And let me tell you, you guys have not even seen the start because you haven't even given yourself the opportunity to see it. Number two, this one's easy. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. It says it right in the verse. So keep your eyes on Jesus. I promise you, Bridge Youth, that if you have received that calling and you've received that seed and you cultivate it and give it the nutrients that it needs, you give God's word, and he's the living water, so you water, him with, you water your seed with him, Bridge Youth, put Jesus at the forefront, and you will always flourish. So good. Hey, if you don't know who I am, my name is Liv. Um, Hey, I'm so stoked to be here with you guys tonight. We always, like, joke around. I feel like Bridge Youth is, like, my personality trait. Like, that in camps and conventions, bro, like, sign me up. But hey, if you are taking notes tonight, I have a sermon in a sentence. It is the cost of your calling won't be cheap. The cost of your calling won't 
be cheap. And I was, uh, I was prepping this sermon, I was thinking about it, and it brought me back to an idea that I had. Um, and I was at convention, I was with some of you actually, and uh, during the free time we were shopping around, and I don't know why they do this, why do they make us do this, bro? We go to convention and all the stores there are like Louis Vuitton, Gucci, like bro, with your mom's $20, like you are not buying none of that. Like you're buying your camp merch and then you're like broke. Like, but I was there with my girls and we were in, I think like the Gucci store, like looking. And one of the girls was like, oh my gosh, like that's so cool. And she like went over to this bag and was looking at it. And then she picks up the price tag. And I am just watching from afar, like looking at her face. And she like takes it out of the bag and she's like, like, homegirl had never seen those high of numbers, bro, on a tag. And, and it was like this moment, this like light bulb moment for me, I think, because I think so many times we can do that with our calling. And our calling is going to cost something. We saw that in Jesus' life. Like, he was called uh, to something, and ultimately he paid the ultimate price uh, for us. But I encourage you, Bridge Youth, like, the cost of your calling is so beyond worth it. And I think typically we look at, at this cost, this price of our calling, and, and typically in society, like, people wouldn't pay it. And, and I think when things get hard and, and when we don't want to um, do the things that we don't want to do, I think it's easy to kind of just let our calling slip away and not choose to pay that price. And the cost of calling, it's not like fully aborting the process. It's not running from the hard stuff. It's staying in the hard stuff and growing in it. And I think it's interesting, like there's so many times I've felt in my calling, like I'm not qualified for this. Like literally standing on the stage, I'm like, what is going on, bro? <laughs> like I'm not qualified for this. And like my testimony, like it should not have me up here, but like that was a calling of God and it was more powerful than like any like mistake I could make or, or place I could go or thing I could watch or whatever. Like God's calling was above all of that. And I always go back to this verse. It's 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Um, and it talks about his grace is sufficient for you and his power is made perfect in our weakness. And I think you have to remind yourself that in your calling, like you're going to be at places and spaces where it feels so heavy and, and the cost is so much, but that's when God's um, perfectness and like his will is able to be fully uh, shared. And Bridgeth, I don't want you to doubt your calling just because life gets difficult. Because if calling was easy, like everybody would do it, right? Like if, if you were called to go somewhere and like expenses were paid and you know you would be safe and it was going to be comfortable, like you all would say yes, right? But I think there's this aspect of calling that requires faith. And, and I think that's a scary part that we can get to because in, in our calling, you know, it's going to be hard. It's going to cost things. It's going to take faith. And a lot of times we don't want to be uncomfortable. And faith is, is taking steps out in uh, or out of the comfortable and walking um, out whatever God's called you to. And I think just being completely transparent with you guys and being very honest, like I personally am in a season of this, um, I am in a season where I'm taking lots of faith steps, and they're really big, and they're scary, and I'm in a lot of positions where I have to make uh, the choice to follow that calling, but it's so worth it, Bridget, and I think 
a lot of times in our calling, you know, we figure out a lot of things about God and his character. And I think we figure out a lot of things about ourselves. And I think one of the main things that I figured out about myself in my calling is that if it was just me, like I couldn't do it on my own. And I think that's the whole point. Like God wants to call you out of the comfortable, call you out of like your school, of your friend group, of like whatever it may be to start that Instagram account, to start that school club, to like reach these people who only you could reach. Like I'm not on your school campuses, I'm not in your families. Like God wants to call you to so much higher. And in Matthew 19, we see this. It talks about how like men leaving riches um, is like impossible. Like we ourselves cannot like lay down the things and earthly things, but with God we can. And, and I think it's interesting because we can't have our calling without paying the price. We can't have our calling without paying the price. And Bridget, like I've seen you, like I've seen you have um, these moments with God at camps, at conventions, and like you come to me and you're like, live, like I think I need to start this school club, like I need to go do this, I need to start this Instagram account. Like I, I see the fire like that you guys have and I see the callings that you have. And before I say anything, I love you, Bridget, <laughs> so much. But I think it's so heartbreaking, like coming to Wednesday after camp, you know, like we're off the camp high, maybe like things don't feel comfortable anymore. Like it's not this newness of like, oh my gosh, God's called me to this. Like you've sat with it for a while and, and you aren't willing to pay the price. And it breaks my heart, Bridget, because I see your posts and I see the way that you guys talk and I see the way you dress and I see the parties you go to and, and Trust me, like, I've been there. I did it. I did it in high school. Like, I can tell you, like, from a personal place, like, there's nothing fulfilling there. Because what breaks God's heart is never going to fulfill yours. And, like, the calling of God is so much higher. And, like, ultimately, like, that's what's going to fulfill you. And that is what is going to bring you uh, the peace, the comfort, the, the hole in your heart that, like, you're trying to fill. Like, only the Lord can fill that. And I can promise you, like, there's nothing more fulfilling than walking in the calling of God over your life. And I think a lot of times with the, like, calling that we have and we look at the cost of it, it can be super easy to be like, well, that's too expensive or, like, I can't do that. Like, that feels too heavy. But, like, for a moment, let's just take a minute to look at the sacrifice and the cost that Jesus paid for us. Like, he bore the most brutal and gruesome and like painful death we could ever think of for the chance, Bridget, that you would grasp it and that you would like give your life to him and that you would chase this calling with everything that you have. Like there was no um, uh, for sure or, or confirmation that you would do that, but for the chance that you would, he did that for you. So who are we to say, you know, like, I don't want to do that. That's too uncomfortable. Or I don't want to go there. Or I don't want to sit with the kid at lunch. Or like, if I like don't post those things on Instagram, people are going to think I'm weird or whatever it may be. Like we are called to be living sacrifices. Like we are not called to, to be come from to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of our mind. Like in Romans 12, when it talks about that and to be holy and to be set apart and like to not be living in uh, the world. Like we're called to live kingdom over everything. And I'm a firm believer, like whatever the Lord has for you and the calling that he has for your life, like if you say no, he'll bring another avenue to do it. He's God. Like he's not gonna let it go unfinished. But like 
can I just encourage you, Bridgie? Like, you are his plan A. And like, he doesn't wanna go to plan B. And there's people that you can reach and spaces that you can go and places that, that you're going to just like impact that I can never do, that Trinity can never do, that Cameron can never do, that Levi can never do. But like, God's called you to do it. And like, no matter what it takes or no matter like how much it costs, like I wanna encourage you, Bridgie, to say yes. Because it's interesting, like, it's, it's not just something that we say yes to, but it's affecting other people in the world. Like, our yes to our calling is transforming and changing other people's eternities. And, like, if we look at it like that, like, we are expanding the kingdom of heaven by saying yes to this calling, by stepping out in faith, by doing the things that are scary and uncomfortable. Like, we get to further the kingdom of heaven. Like, who would we be to say that, like, no, like, I can't do that. Like, that costs too much if the Lord, li- or if Jesus literally took it all for us. So, Bridget, I pray that you have the strength to be diligent in your obedience to God's plan, even if nobody understands it. I think personally that was something that was really hard for me, like in my calling. Um, I knew that it would cost a lot, but people's opinions, uh, I think for me personally, was the cost uh, that I looked at that was the most difficult. But people aren't always going to understand it, but it's given to you by God. So if God understands it and God's called you there, then you need to do it and you need to do it full heartedly and you need to run that race well and you need to finish well, like no matter what it costs. And Bridgeth, I just want to leave you guys um, with one last point. I know that the cost may seem challenging, but I promise you that there is nothing that compares to living in the calling of Christ over your life. Hey, y'all. My name's Cameron. If you don't know me, I am a school of ministry student here at The Bridge. And a little bit different from these guys, I am a year two, which isn't too special. Isn't too special. But but just a little bit longer, a little more experience than them. Just a tiny bit. Doesn't mean I'm... I mean, those messages, I think, speak for themselves. Those were amazing, amazing messages that they had. First of all, I just want to say thank you to our amazing next-gen pastors, Pastor Gory and Pastor Amber. Glad you guys made it home safe. You guys are amazing. Thank you guys for the opportunity to come up here and to speak tonight. Um, First, I just want to jump straight into a message I want to talk to you guys about, and the title of it is Calling is Uncomfortable, dot, 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 but fulfilling. Calling is uncomfortable, dot, 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 but fulfilling. And I'm going to jump into a Bible story that I think exemplifies this. This Bible story is going to be in Acts 9, verses 1 through 31. And I know you're thinking, 31 verses? How are we going to go through that many verses? We're not. I'm just going to give you guys the cliff notes of what's going on. But if you are taking notes, you want to go back, you want to read where I'm getting this story from. It's Acts 9, verses 1 through 31. And we're going to be talking about a man named Saul. And where we currently are in the Bible, Christ had been crucified, and the early Christian church is just now getting started. And the Jews at this time hated the Christians. They wanted to persecute them. They wanted to kill them. They wanted to uh, do anything they could to stop them to do what they wanted to do. And Saul at the time was this high, high uh, Jew 
who wanted and was actively killing and throwing Christians in jail at this time. So where we're picking up is Saul is going down the road to Damascus where he has this amazing moment with Christ and is called into ministry. So he's walking down with his boys, Saul going to Damascus. He's having a great time, about to go to Damascus to go, you know, just hunt down and persecute some more Christians at this time. He's with his boys, and then all of a sudden, bam, shining light just comes out all of a sudden. It's so bright, knocks Saul right onto the ground. That's how bright it is. And then immediately this loud, booming voice starts just talking through the light, and it says, to, it says this, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul said. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Now, I'm sure Saul at this time was probably thinking, okay, well, all right, I'm, I've figured this out, you know. But then he gets up, and he rubs his eyes, thinking that white is going to uh, just come right out of his eyes. And nope, all of a sudden, he's blind now. <laughs> on top of that. So now he's blind, walking to Damascus. His boys are helping him all the way over there. And all of a sudden when he gets there, God speaks to a man, a Christian named Ananias, and tells him to go pray for, for Saul. And Ananias goes over, lays hands on Saul, heals him of his eyesight. And then at that time, Saul is walked into what his calling is supposed to be. Now immediately, this is already uncomfortable because I think as Christians we think we come to the front have this amazing moment in worship hands up in the air and the Holy Spirit just lightly comes in and speaks to us what our calling is and it's this awesome moment it's exactly what we want and here's the thing God does that and he and he has done that in people's lives be, before but that's not what we see in the Bible no instead what we see in the Bible is is Saul getting flashbanged on this road to Damascus and getting knocked on the ground blinded and then having to go into a city and having a person who we would be persecuting a complete stranger come over to him and pray for him talk about uncomfortable but then if we go even further than that let's talk about what his calling was on what was placed on his life this is what was said about his calling. The Lord said, this was the Lord talking to Ananias on what Saul's calling is. He says, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to the kings, as well as to the people of Israel. Sounds pretty good, not too bad. Verse 16, and I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. <laughs> I don't know if I want that in my calling. <laughs> But yeah, we see, we see Saul have to then walk this out in his life. He then has to go from city to city, never really having a home. Going from city to city, preaching to these Gentiles. And if you don't know what a Gentile is, that's basically just somebody who hasn't, doesn't really know God. So he's preaching to people who doesn't, don't know God. And half of the time, these people end up hating what he has to say, wanting to beat him, beat him into the ground, and kill him. And then the other half of the time, if they're not doing that, uh, Saul is either running away to a different sound or being grabbed and thrown into prison. And that's the calling that Saul has to walk out. See, I think we go up the mountain and we have this amazing, amazing moment with God. I'm not trying to downplay that in any sense. Have an amazing moment with God where he calls you into, into something specific, into something special. But then you come down the mountain and all of a sudden it gets uncomfortable as you're trying to walk it out. All of a sudden it gets a little... There's some pain that might be involved. There's some sorrow that might have to be called. Maybe it gets boring. Maybe it gets mundane. And we think that all of a sudden, because it's getting boring, all of a sudden, because it's getting uncomfortable, that somehow God's not in it. Maybe this isn't my calling. 
That's not how it is at all. Calling is supposed to be uncomfortable. In fact, when Jesus left and he said a helper was coming to be placed inside you, a helper is coming. He said that helper is a comforter. Now, why would he place a comforter inside of you if, you are gonna be, if he's going to place you in already a comfortable situation? It's because we're not. It's because our calling is supposed to be uncomfortable. And Jesus knew that. Jesus knew that. And so he wanted to place something to, to, for you to rely on. So the moment it starts getting uncomfortable, the moment it starts to hurt, you then have to turn and trust in Jesus. So the question I want to ask you guys today, are you willing to give up comfort to follow your calling? Are you willing to give up comfort for your calling? And I think it's funny because... There's so many of us, uh, let's talk a bit to the gym rats real quick. Um, there's so many of us that like, per se, go to the gym and go, go lift weights and do this uncomfortable exercise or go run on the treadmill or ride the bike or go on those dang stair things where you're like walking. <laughs> I hate those things. Those things suck. But you do all those so that way you can maybe look better. Maybe you could get a girlfriend. Maybe you can get a boyfriend. Ooh. So you're willing to give up comfort so you can look better, so you can get a boyfriend, so you can get a girlfriend, but you're not willing to give up comfort to follow God's calling in your life. Let's talk on a different, a different side of it. Some of you are willing to submit that job application to go into that uncomfortable job interview and sit there all for the sake of money. You're willing to give up your comfort for the sake of money, but you're not willing to give up your comfort to follow the calling that God has on your life. Maybe those two went over your head. Maybe you're a bit younger in this room. Maybe you're a skater if you're one of those guys. Hey, you're willing to go outside in the heat, in the cold, go, go skate, to go, to go get on a bike, to go ride a scooter, to go learn a trick over and over again for what? Satisfaction. For what? So you can look cool in front of your friends. So you're willing to give up your comfort for satisfaction and look cool in your, with your friends, but you're not willing to give up comfort to follow the calling that God has for your life. We need, to, we need to switch that mentality because like Liv said, the calling that God places on our life is so valuable. It's so specific to us. And it is so much better than all the other things in our lives. And I know what you're saying. You're saying, Cameron, you're being a real Debbie Downer here. You're just calling is supposed to be uncomfortable. That's all we're living in is just an uncomfortable calling. And that's where the dot, dot, dot comes in. <laughs> Calling is uncomfortable, but it's fulfilling. But it's fulfilling. Can I speak from a personal standpoint? Two to three years ago is when I felt really called in the ministry. And at that time, I was shy, nervous, and as introverted as I could possibly get. But I saw the calling that God had on my life. And I said, I don't care if it's uncomfortable for me to step out and do it. I'm going to go and I'm going to do it. And I mean... Pastor Corey and Pastor Amber love to bring this up. Even when I first started school of ministry, I went to them and I said, I'm willing to do anything, anything in the church, whatever you want me to do. Just don't put a microphone in my hand and get me on the stage. Here I am. <laughs> and it's, it's, not like, it's not like it all of a sudden got easier and all of a sudden got more comfortable. It's still uncomfortable to me. But I've learned to trust and put my, my trust in God. And I realized that my calling is more valuable than that. My calling is, is something that I truly need to strive for. So speaking to the people that, that feel like they have that calling on their life, 
Like, that calling is there. Can I tell you, in the past two to three years that I've been trying to do this, that I've trying, I have been doing it. <laughs> past two, three years that I've been doing this, there's been hardship. It's been uncomfortable. There's been times where there's been pain. There's been sorrow. It's been boring. But it's also been one of the most fun adventures and most fulfilling adventures that I've ever gone on in my entire life. And I look back at everything that happened, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. And I'm sure you go ask your pastors. You ask any of the SOM kids that are up here, school and ministry kids. You guys don't understand that. School and ministry kids. Ask any of them. Ask the ones from last week. It's hard. It's uncomfortable. But it's the most fulfilling thing that you can do in your life. So, yeah, calling is uncomfortable. Calling is uncomfortable. But... It's fulfilling. Hey, y'all. <laughs> um, if you guys don't know, my name is Levi. Uh, I'm obviously one of the school ministry students uh, with everybody else up here. Um, and I'm going to be uh, talking to you guys about kind of the idea of calling uh, in general and kind of defining it a little bit. Uh, my title for this sermon is called to something, called to something. Um, you know, I'm just going to start off. I got a little shotgun around for you guys, uh, some, some clarifications, if you will, uh, for the idea of calling, uh, because I think calling can be so easily, um, one of two things. One, it can be so easily overlooked or it can be so easily glorified. And what I mean by that is I think, like, most people land in two groups in the sense that either somebody will um, kind of overlook the idea that, like, God is a calling on all of our lives. Uh, and, and they won't really recognize that the fact that, that God wants each and every single one of us to do something very specific for the kingdom of God. And I think the other idea is that the, this calling that we have almost gets put above God himself. And, and this calling is, like, our work and um, and it's what God wants us to do, yes. Um, and if you guys ever went, if you guys went to camp this year, uh, Elliot spoke a message on, on Mary and Martha um, and how so often we, we can become Marthas in the sense that um, we get so busy doing, doing, doing um, in order to do what God wants us to do. And yes, there is things to be done, but first we have to sit at his feet. Um, another one uh, is you're, you're always called to something. So what is it? You're always called to something. So what is it? And so we'll, we'll get back to that in a little bit. Um, and yeah, I just think the idea of like calling is much simpler than we realize. And it's much less scary than we realize. Um, you know, I just went to camp, um, like a lot of y'all here. Raise your hand if you went to camp. Sick, a lot of you guys. So you guys a lot of you guys saw me. Um, I was the white team captain. Uh, we got second place. The first loser. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, y'all killed it. It was uh, such a great opportunity for me. I was the white team captain, so I was like the team captain for the whole white team for all five camps, not just your guys' camp. Um, and yeah, it was this great ministry experience that I, I got to have um, to, to minister to kids and, uh, and, and to students and, and to be a light uh, in a circumstance like that. Um, but, you know, just to be real, SOM is ending next week, and... And that really scared me. And I kind of had this realization while I was up there. I was like, man, like, what am I going to do? What's next? What's the next step? What is God calling me to after this? Uh, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm called to ministry, but what does that look like? How, how do I walk that out? 
And you know what's so interesting is that I was so adamant about praying, about praying to God, about, okay, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And every single time, every single time, he answered me and he said, well, right now you're called to Pinecrest. You're called to be at camp. And you're called to be a team captain right now. And I think this is just a little side note. This isn't exactly what I'm talking about, but I think we can so easily overlook what God is calling us to just because we're looking at what's next. And I, I want to say that your calling, every single one of you, your calling does not start when you go to college. It doesn't start when you get a job. It doesn't start when you get out of the house. It doesn't start when you get married. It starts right now. It starts today. And so I think, I think that the idea of calling gets so like, easily overlooked or can be glorified at the same time. Um, uh, another little, uh, not qualification, a little, another little clarity idea um, is that God doesn't always call you in an audible sense. I know it's like call, like he's calling out to you. And yes, like what Cameron was saying, like he did that with Paul. And that's, that's amazing. That's what he did. He did also did it with Pastor Corey, if you've, ever, if you've ever heard his testimony and how he's been called. Uh, a, a preacher up at the camp, same camp that we go to, I believe, right? Same camp up at Pinecrest. Um, was preaching a message, stopped midway through his message and said, you know, I think someone in this room wants to be a fireman or a police officer and you're called to be a youth pastor. Which for Corey, that's crazy. For me personally, I've never like had a crazy experience like that. But I live in full faith to know that I am called to do what I am doing. Because I've seen miracles happen in other ways than just that, just audibly. So that's just, that was free for you guys. Um, Yeah, I think, hold on. Um, I think that I, the idea of calling kind of sits in three tiers is how I see it, like visually. I'm a very visual person. Uh, and, and top tier, the, the one overarching, this, this applies to all Christians. This applies to every single one of us. Um, and that's the Great Commission. If you don't know, Jesus said, said these words right as he's about to ascend back into heaven. Um, he just got his done with his ministry on earth. He rose again, and now he's preaching to his disciples uh, and he says this right before he sends again. He says this. This comes from Matthew 28, 19 to 20. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And the band can start heading up. You know, that, that's kind of like the top tier. That, that's overarching for every single one of us. Uh, and then we get stuck at the second tier. Like, what's my calling in my life? And I like to call this, like, the title tier. The, like, the title that we have for our whole entire lives. Like, Pastor Corey, his title for his life is likely going to be pastor unless God changes his trajectory in the future. But the majority of his life he's spent doing this one thing, right? And that's, like, our calling. But I think we get so stuck at this idea of what am I called to for the rest of my life that we forget this bottom tier, which is what am I called to today? Who am I called to go and preach the, preach the gospel to? Exactly what the, this top tier, what, what Matthew 28 is saying, go and to make disciples of all the nations. Go and preach and teach who I am to these people. And I think so often we, we miss this idea that, that that's exactly what we're supposed to do. Like, like we, we sit around and we're like, what's my calling? What am I supposed to do? That'll come. I promise you that'll come. You know, in high school, in, in middle school, especially middle school, I was really worried about my calling, and I had a lot of fear behind it because I had these misconceptions, a few of which I've clarified. Um, but I thought I had it all, I had to have it all figured out. 
I thought I would be stuck doing something that I didn't have the gifting to do and I wasn't prepared to do. I, I thought I had to have it all together. When in reality, it's none of that. And I find a lot of comfort from Psalms. David wrote this in Psalms. If you know anything about David, I just think he has this great perspective because he's been through some high highs and some low lows. But he says this, the Lord directs the steps of the righteous. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall. For the Lord holds them by their hand. How lucky are we that the creator of the universe, the guy who made absolutely everything, who knitted you in your mother's room so very intentionally, so incredibly intentionally, the guy who like, is beyond anything we could think or imagine, is all powerful, omnipotent, omnipresent, everywhere all at once, wants to have a close relationship with you. Dude, that blows my mind. And if that doesn't blow your mind, I urge you to get in, in the word and see the sacrifice that he made. And Olivia kind of touched on it, that, that Jesus made on the cross. I mean, I said that even his own mother couldn't recognize him because his flesh was falling off of his face. And I'm sorry if that's gruesome, but that was the sacrifice that the God that I just talked about came down to sacrifice for us in order to have a relationship with us. And so I kind of come back to my first question. If your calling is to make disciples of all the nations, the Great Commission, right? Baptize them and teach them. Where are you called? And in what manner? Where are you called today, tomorrow? What are the next steps that God is calling you to take? Is it talking to that friend? When you go back to school, is it introducing yourself to the first person that you meet the first day rather than sitting in silence the whole year? and introducing them to Jesus and bringing them here? Is it inviting a friend to youth? Is it telling people about Jesus? Because guess what? Our actions aren't the only thing that should tell people about Jesus. I think a huge misconception in Christian culture is to think that in every other area we should tell people about Jesus except for our words. No, it says right here in Matthew, go and teach, preach it, talk about it. That's our calling. And so if you're sitting here and you're like, I don't know what my calling is. Trust me, I get it. I've been there before. I still don't know what my calling is. I don't know what I'm gonna do after SOM or school ministry. <laughs> but I know that God's gonna guide me. I know that what Psalm says, he's gonna guide the feet of the righteous. And so I, I, I invite you guys to stand and come forth, come to the front. We're heading to worship in just a second. And in a second, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray a prayer and, uh, and a moment of silence. Um, if you were here last time I spoke, it's, it's very similar to the one last time. I'm just, I want a moment of silence to allow the Holy Spirit to speak, to allow the Holy Spirit to, to take place and do what he wants to do, tell you guys what your calling is, what the next step is, what he's calling you to do. And, and, and during worship, that's when I want you guys to respond. I, I want you guys to to raise your hand if you're feeling the calling. Not right now, just in a second. Um, and, and those around them, leaders especially, if you guys could come up to the front as well, if you're not already, lay a hand on the people who have their hands raised. Pray provision, protection, confidence over them.
SOM students will do the same in a second. And I, I want to give the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to move, for the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, to tell us what our calling is, to tell us what our purpose is, to fulfill us with the Holy Spirit. And so if you guys bow your heads, Heavenly Father, we come before you. We thank you for who you have been to all of us and what a gracious God you are, how merciful you are, Heavenly Father. Thank you for sending your son to die on a cross. We will never forget the sacrifice that was made for ourselves, Heavenly Father. We come before you. And in Jesus' name, I ask that the Holy Spirit will move. I ask that right now you'll put something on these students' hearts. You'll put something in their minds. What's the next step, God? God, I ask you to move. seeing a place, a few words. I want you to know, and I want to confirm that it's from God. So don't doubt who that's from or where that's coming from because doubt is going to kill it. But instead, grab hold of that. Take captive that thought. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we thank you for who you have been. We thank you for, for what you're doing. God, I ask that you'll bring revival through us. God, I ask that that so many souls will be saved through us. Students in your own heart, repeat these words in your own mind, in your own heart. Say, God, I'm available. God, choose me. Heavenly Father, thank you for for giving us a purpose. Thank you for fulfilling our lives, God. I pray that you'll give the confidence to these students, the strength to these students in order to do what you want them to do, Heavenly Father. And that wouldn't be for our own selfish gain. That wouldn't be for any sort of moral support or any sort of uh, gain selfishly, socially. But instead, it'd be only for the advancement of your kingdom, Heavenly Father. I just pray that these students would be the next generation. That they're going to be, they're going to be pastors. They're going to be teachers. They're going to be godly nurses and doctors and businessmen. That they would be the next worship leaders, Heavenly Father. That these students would impact so much more than we could ever impact, Heavenly Father. That we would be the foundation for them to stand on, God. We would shoot them for a trajectory and not make them stand on what we've already given them, Heavenly Father. But I just pray for confidence, for peace, for reassurance. And I just pray that you'll guide us and take us where you want us to be, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, amen.
worship in just a moment, but um, as we were praying, uh, God brought me to a scripture in Isaiah chapter 6, where, where Isaiah, he walks into church, and, and it's, um, it's not like church, like a Sunday morning, there's a bunch of people there, but as he walks into what at that time was called the temple, he has this vision, and God is having a sort of heavenly conversation where he's saying like, hey, there's an assignment. There's something that needs to be done. There's a calling. And I love what happens. Um, Isaiah says, I heard that Isaiah 6, uh, chapter 6, verse 8. He said, and then I heard the Lord saying, whom should I send as a messenger to this people and who will go for us? And then Isaiah said, here I am, send me. with like no details, with like really not the biggest clue in the world of what was to come next, not knowing step two, three, four, and five, not knowing if he would be safe or in danger, having no clue what the job paid, having no idea really any of the details of this, just knowing that there was a call of God, Isaiah says, here I am, God, why don't you send me? So I want to take a moment to pray for anybody who's ready to step into that place that would say, God, here I am, send me. I want to answer the call of God in my life. And for some of you, I think as Levi was praying, you started getting like images of what it is God's calling you to. For some of you, that was a person. For Isaiah, it was a people group that God was calling him to. And for some of you, it's a family member, a friend. For some of you, it's a group of people. It's a sports team. It's your school. For some of you, it, it looked more like an assignment. For some of you, I think it was God really telling you, hey, you see what these school of ministry students are doing? I'm calling you to something like that. Some of you, you're like, in this moment, God is revealing to you that you're called to full-time ministry. But I think that two things are dangerous in this moment. Number one, if you're in this place, and as I'm talking about this, you're thinking, that is great for everybody else. Because like, without exception, what happens in moments like this is people will immediately disqualify themselves and think, this is great for everybody else, but this isn't for me. This is like for all the other great, cool, awesome Christian kids in the room, but it's not for me. And you might be thinking, because I'm not talented enough, I'm not popular enough. You might be, you might be referencing your past right now and the things that you did last Friday. Thank God that it's, it's so like classic and cliche at the same time. Thank God that he doesn't call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. And you go down the line of all the people that God used. So many of them disqualified themselves. So the first danger is that you'd be in this moment thinking that the calling of God is for everybody else in the room, but not for you. I'm here to tell you, it's for you. Look at the person standing next to you and say, it's for you. 
Look at the person that you is standing on the other side and you chose them second because they thought you chose them second because it's not for them and tell them it's for you. Don't disqualify yourself. God wants to use you. Here's the second danger. And, and almost everybody alluded to this. Live especially. The second danger is that you would go up to, and, and it's so relatable. There you are, Liv. I was like panning the room trying to find you. There you are, Olivia. Like, it's happened to all of us, hasn't it? You're at the store and you see like something hanging on the rack and you're like, that's dope. Oh, that's a, that is a dope jacket. And you walk over there and you're like, dude, that is so sick. Like, I could see myself wearing that. And then you pull the price tag out and you go, it's not that cool. <laughs> you walk away. Like, you immediately lose interest the moment that you see the price. How many people lose interest of the call in God's life the moment that they see the price? The, the second danger in this moment is that you would be counting the cost and unwilling to pay the price. As Liv was talking to me about her portion of the message, I started, I started thinking, how cool would it be if I could take you in a time machine forward 10 years and show you all the people that your calling would affect? I think, if, I think even if we went five years forward, that that price tag would go from looking so expensive to so cheap. There are people depending on you stepping into your calling. Just let that like sink for a moment. There are people depending on you stepping into your calling. Amber and I have had people tell us not for your ministry, I wouldn't be here. Wow, that's crazy. They're like, no, you don't get it. Literally, I wouldn't be here if not for your ministry. When you look at it like that, like if I could show you the people your calling would affect, the price would look so low. It's so cheap. Now, when you look at the sacrifice Jesus made, there is no sacrifice. No, like God there's nothing that's a sacrifice. God, you could have my whole life, everything in it. You could have all of my time, all of my talent, all of my treasure. You can have all my money. You can have everything I have to my name. You can have every relationship, all of it. It's all yours, God. And if I were to lay down my very life, none of it would be a sacrifice. So I wanna pray for, for those two groups of people those of you who are disqualifying yourselves and those of you who are counting the cost thinking, I'll have to walk away from my dreams, my desires, my plans. Yeah, maybe. I'd have to get out of a relationship. Yeah, maybe. I'd have to quit a sport. Possibly. I'd have to get rid of some friends. It's a very real possibility. <laughs> but all of it would be worth it. So we're going to pray two prayers and then we're going to move back into worship because I feel like God wants to speak a bit more. So the first one is gonna be for those two people and then we're gonna have a moment. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have leaders move around and have you guys pray for each other for anybody who in this moment is feeling a call of God on their life. Let's pray for the first part. God, I pray for anyone in this room. It's like they're disqualifying themselves 
like right now, they have this reference for all of their sin and all of their mistakes and the things that they've done. God, I pray that not a single person would let their own personal disqualifying be the thing that keeps them from responding to your call. God, you don't call the qualified, you qualify the called. So I pray for the person who thinks they're not talented enough. God, I pray that they would realize that you don't ask about our ability, you ask about our availability. And they would just say, like Isaiah, here I am, send me. God, I pray for the person who thinks they're not cool or popular enough. God, I, like Jesus, you are the most popular name on the planet. We don't have to have popularity. We don't have to be quote unquote cool. We don't have to have influence already. God, when we take what little we do have and we put it in your hand, you grow it. God, I pray for the person who thinks that they've sinned too much. God, remind us of Saul, like Cameron was talking about. Saul was murdering Christians, and you called him in the middle of that. God, let, God, I help pray. I pray, God, help young people in this room stop giving their sin so much credit. Now, God, I pray for any young people who are looking at the price tag of calling and they're thinking it's too expensive. God, I pray right now, as they're standing here with their eyes closed, God, fill their heart and mind with visions of the things that they will do if they step into calling, the people that they'll reach. The people that would get saved. God, I pray fill their hearts and mind with visions of, of people in third world countries that'll have meals, food, clean water because of them stepping into their calling. God, I pray, I pray speak to young people, give them heart, God, give them visions in their heart and mind right now. God, of, of, of the Bible studies and the devotionals that'll be written because they stepped into calling. God, I pray, show them. God, show them the people in their heart and mind right now that they don't even know yet who will not commit suicide because of the calling you'll place on their life. God, show them the social media platforms that, that they'll operate on to spread your gospel to walk out the Great Commission. And God, in revealing these things, just a small glimpse, God, I pray every one of us would then look at the price tag of calling and say, that is so cheap and I'll pay it. Here I am. God sent me. If you're in this place and I don't know, I just feel like the Holy Spirit's moving in this moment and, and I'm so, one of the prayers that we'll often pray as a team before Wednesday night is I'll say, Holy Spirit, we're in submission to you. 
not the other way around. Many of you wouldn't know this, but we have, we have like a whole plan in place for every one of our services. And everything is like planned out to the minute. We know what songs we're gonna do. We know how many, like how many choruses we'll sing. We know what's happening next. But every Wednesday, we wanna be in submission to what the Holy Spirit's doing, not Him in submission to our little measly plan. So I feel like God's talking to some people right now. And so what I'd love to do is, I feel like for some of you, some of you like God, God's like legitimately showing you right now, like what your calling's gonna be. For some of you, that's, that's macro, really big picture. For some of you, it's micro, and it's like what you're going to do tomorrow. Either way, I want to pray for you. And then like the second group of people are the people who are like, I, like, I know God's calling me, and I want to say yes, even though I don't know what it is. Like, like I have a sense of like God's calling me to something. And even though I don't know what it is, before he ever even shows me what it is, I just want to say, yes, God. So whether God's speaking to you and you feel like, man, there's a call on my life and he's showing me what that is, or there's a call on my life and I want to know what that is. If either one of those are you right now, we want to pray for you. Just lift one hand in the sky high enough for us to see it. Do me a favor. Hey, school and ministry students that just spoke, go start praying for people. Hey, any leaders, start moving around. If a hand is up, I want you to go pray for them. If anybody, like you have, there's a, somebody with a hand up around you, why don't you just like put a hand on their shoulder and begin to pray for them right now? We don't like, it's not only leaders who pray. I think we've proven this to you guys and having students pray week in and week out. Would you guys just right now, just pray for them? And then I'm gonna close this in prayer. Are we in the progression of Run to the Father still or are you in the next song's progression? Okay, so what's the make room? Um, why don't we just sing through that chorus a couple times. I'll make room for you while we pray and then I'll close this in prayer. Come on, keep praying. Every single person, God, speak to them right now. Visions. And I will make room for you. Come on, keep praying. To do whatever you want to. To do whatever you want to. And I will make room for you, for you. To do whatever you want to. To do whatever you want to. I really feel this, man. I was just praying for some of my boys down front. I really feel some of you who just raised your hands a moment ago. Listen to me. God wants to use you in ways that will blow your mind. Like, I, you know what's wild, like, as a, as a pastor, as a leader, is that, like, God will show me things for you guys, and then I'll, I'll like, speak it out, and it's like, 
I know that you don't get it yet. And that's okay, because God was God's faithful. He's gonna like, his calling on your life's gonna unfold. And the vast majority of you, like you don't get the impact of that saving. God's gonna use you in ways that it's going to blow your mind. And here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna say yes to God's calling. You're gonna begin to walk out that calling. And a year, two years, three years, four years, five years, six years, seven years down the line, you're gonna be standing in the wake of operating in your calling. And Corey's prepubescent nasally voice is gonna run through your head and you're gonna be reminded, God's gonna use you. Anybody else hate the sound of their own voice? God, I can't stand my voice. And God called me to be a preacher. You're gonna hear my voice go, God's gonna use you in ways that will blow your mind. Corey, sure, like how can you so confidently say that? How can I so confidently say that? Because last week I was on the other side of the world preaching to 700 teenagers in the UK in an amazing church in Manchester. And as I walked out onto this platform in front of all these hundreds of students, I was immediately taken back to 15-year-old Corey in a tiny little Bible club at his high school in North, at North in East Riverside. And all these, like, I, I was reminded of smoking before school that day, feeling depressed, feeling insignificant, feeling like my life had no future or direction, feeling lost. And I thought to myself on the other side of the world, how in the world did I get here? Liv, Liv got the opportunity to go, go with us to the, other, to the UK last week. And she kept going, this is crazy, guys. We're really in, on the other side of the world right now. This is crazy, you guys. Trinity got back from college and stepped into not just being a school of ministry student, but into a staff position here at the church. There were so many times I was like, Trinity, backtrack two years. Would you have ever thought that you would be on staff at a church working in ministry? Like God's going to use you in ways that's going to blow your mind. The only thing you gotta do, when God says go, don't say no. When God says go, don't say no. Micro and macro. Because God's gonna tell you to take, dude, there's people, God send me to the other side of the world, send me to third world countries. And he's like, I'm trying to send you across the street. And we'll pray, God send me to Africa. And God's like, go to your neighbor's house. We can't pray for God to send us across the world if we won't go across the street. So here's what's gonna happen with your calling. God's gonna say, I want you to do this tiny little step. Take that step. I'm scared, Corey, that's fine, do it scared. Faith isn't the absence of fear, it's stepping into what God's called you to even when you're scared. 
And then, and then God's gonna show you something to do on Instagram. You go, oh, it's gonna be so weird. So? Who cares? You know what weird is? Weird is just that which is unfamiliar. It was really weird when the Wright brothers started creating airplanes and said, we're gonna soar through the sky. They're like, you guys are weird. So just post it. Pray over it, post it, see what God does. Some of you, you're gonna invite someone to church who's never been to church. You, like, you're like, it's gonna feel so weird. You know how weird it was when we put Cameron on stage after him saying, I'll do anything, just don't put me on stage. I said, okay, cool. Hey, next week you're gonna get on stage. And every time I see Cameron preach now, I think to myself, what if? Everybody say, what if? What if Cameron never grabbed the microphone and got on the stage? Because he's one of the most talented preachers I've ever seen. It's like natural for him. What if he said no? Don't say no when God says go. So Amber, you're, you're acting like you want to say something. So just come and grab the microphone if you want to. She like navigated over here and she's like, yeah. Um, so tonight, as we worship in this next song, God for some of we just prayed over some of you. I, I wrote down in my, where's my notebook? There it is. Where's my diary? I found it. I wrote down, dear diary. Uh, Levi, one of the things that uh, Levi Herrick, wherever the heck you are, dude, there you are. One of the things that Levi Herrick does so well is he'll lean into moments and he'll, he'll bring us along for the ride. So he'll be like, all right, so just a moment of silence and go. And we'll all be like, <laughs> not all, a few of us will be like, this feels a little awkward right now. And Levi's like, God's speaking, just listen to him. And I wrote this down. I wrote down, it's, it's a Bible verse. I can't tell you where it's at, but it's in there somewhere. Typical pastor, typical youth pastor. Um, the sheep knows the shepherd's voice. And then I drew an arrow down and I said, so speak to me, God. He's the shepherd, we're the sheep. And scripture says the sheep know the shepherd's voice. So speak to me, God. So God just spoke to some of you a moment ago. But what's so cool is what God calls us to we don't have to do out of our own strength. So what I pray happens as, as we worship in this next song is God will begin to fill your heart with the faith you'll need to respond to his call. That God would begin to fill your heart with the, fill your mind with the wisdom you'll need to walk out what he's called you to. That as we worship, because worship is the prerequisite to breakthrough, that as we worship, what you'll do is you'll actually begin to go from the, I can't do it, I can't do it, I might be able to do it, I don't know that I can do it, but God, now I feel this strength, and you know what? God, if you call me to it, then I'll do it. And that that moment would happen as you worship. So all over this place, close your eyes, lift your hands, the Holy Spirit's moving in this place. God, I pray that you would convince us that we're called, 
And God, that we don't have to be amazing and talented and phenomenal and popular and all these things, God, all those things you can use, but you don't ask us about our ability or our inability. You just ask us about our availability. So tonight, God, we say we are available. Tonight, God, we say as your Holy Spirit moves that you would speak to us, God. We all say in this place, here we are, send us. Here I am, God, send me. All Everybody pray that right after me. Say, here I am send me come on say here i am send me and we worship you tonight god we praise you we honor you in jesus name jesus name
last thing that we gotta do before we close in a song of praise is we're here and we're talking about calling. And I can't help but to think that maybe there's a few of you who've never answered the initial call of God. What's the initial call of God, Corey? Jesus just said, come, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened and I'll give you rest. Do you need rest? It's in the hands of Jesus. It's, he's calling you to it. Do you need forgiveness of sin? Maybe you, like me at 15 years old, have been walking your own way and doing your own thing. There's a call of God on your life. But it first looks like answering the call of salvation and saying, yes, God, I want a relationship with you. I believe in you, Jesus. I'm gonna put my life in your hands from this moment forward. It's all over this place. Would you just bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? If that's you, and you would say, Corey, I, I want forgiveness of my sins. I want a fresh start, a new beginning. I want to put my life in God's hands. I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, I just want you to lift your hand and you can put it right back down. I want to pray for you. Here we go. One, two, three, go. All of this place. Man, so awesome. You can put your hands right back down. Hey, we're going to pray together. We're a family. Whether you raised your hand or you didn't, would you just repeat these simple words right after me? Everybody just say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you everything. Tonight, I say yes to your calling. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, let's welcome people into God's family right now. Amen, amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, it's not the end of the journey. It's not the end of the call. It's just the beginning. And we want to continue this journey with you with something that we call the next seven days. You can get it in a simple way. Go to our Instagram, DM us the words next seven, and we'll handle the rest. If you don't have Instagram, come talk to me. Talk to Pastor Amber. Talk to any one of the, the SOM students who, who spoke tonight. Go chat with them. They can get you next seven days. We want to continue this journey with you. I promise you it will be a blessing to you. Hey, before we move on, can we say thank you to Trinity, Liv, Cameron, and Levi? Thank you guys for sharing your heart tonight. Hey, somebody say this Friday. This Friday, we have the last of our summer nights events. We want to hang out. We want to see you, your friends, your family there. There'll be burgers. There'll be live music. There'll be inflatables. There'll be free ice cream. Oh, thank God, it's free. I, if, I, if you say free ice cream and then you guys showed up and had to pay for it or there was no ice cream at all, huh, you guys would have been like, where's Corey? Stone him. <laughs> but hey, come hang out this Friday. It's going to be an awesome event. It's almost like it's right towards the end of summer. It'll be like one of our last like celebrations together. Hey, have you guys enjoyed being in church tonight? As God showed up, I think one of the best things we could do before we go is praise him for all that he's done. Come on, one more time. Let's worship him tonight.